books, books, and more books. All that and more on this week's episode of Ask Science Mike. You got questions, he's got answers. Even though we may not understand, he'll talk anyway. You got problems, he won't solve them. But I'll talk and talk and talk until it's blue in the face. Science, faith, and life. Welcome to Ask Science Mike, the weekly podcast where I answer your questions about science, faith, and life. We're just coming back from a winter break and a long book tour, so I don't actually have questions for this week's show, but I didn't want to skip it again, so instead I thought we'd do something you ask me about all the time, a review of books I've recently enjoyed. So, what do you say? Let's get it started. Well, as I mentioned in the show's vamp or intro, I don't have a questions for this week's show. It's not that you haven't sent in questions. Believe me, that's not the problem. Uh, I thought I had a poll left over from before I went on tour uh, that the patrons had voted on, and it, I got about halfway into that episode before I realized I was literally redoing like episode 84 of Ask Science Mike. It's been a long time. Since we've had an in-studio version of the show, other than my little uh, kind of Christmas top-of-my-head uh, <laughs> conversation we had a few weeks ago. So I'm kind of getting back into the rhythm of what it's like to be at home. I do have a lot of events coming up and travel, but I'll be home more. And most episodes for the first half of this year are going to be these episodes in studio. So next week, we'll be back to a normal question and answer show. And as I thought about what to put out on Monday, I realized all the time people ask me about books I've enjoyed and why. And because I read so much, it's really hard to do to offer like a reading list. Um, I, I just read too much to tell you what my favorite books are on any given topic. Um, and certainly not overall. It's like asking someone uh, if, if they go on a walk out in the woods, which were their favorite leaves, right? It's just, it's an impossible question to answer. But I thought I might just kind of go through and just grab some books off the shelf I've enjoyed and tell you why completely at random. So that's what I've done. Before we do that, there are a few things I'd like to let you know. One, uh, I will be traveling and going to a few cities in the next few weeks. Um, so I'll be uh, in Grand Haven. Real soon, uh, I'll be doing a Writing for Your Life seminar online. So if you're a writer, uh, I'm doing that with some other authors. Rachel Held Evans is one. Uh, we'll be talking about the, the writing process. I'll specifically be giving a talk uh, with Q&A about podcasting, how to build a podcast platform, which is something I get asked about a lot. So uh, you can be anywhere and be a part of that. Uh, you can uh, see me at Vinings Lake Church in the Atlanta area real soon. Right after that, I'll be going to San Francisco, California. I'll, actually, if you work for Google, I'll be giving a talk on the Google campus and uh, then be with the Century Club in San Francisco, uh, which, by the way, usually sells out. So don't wait to get tickets for that. And then I'll immediately go to Chapel Hill, North Carolina, right after San Francisco to do an Ask Science Mike Live. So, if you'd like to know the dates, if you'd like to know where you can get tickets, if tickets are required, just go to AskScienceMike.com and then click on the Events button. 
or you can go to my Facebook page at facebook.com slash mike.micharg, M-C-H-A-R-G-U-E, or just search for Science Mike and click the Tour Dates tab. Both of those will get you in touch with my events. There's more on the calendar than that. That's just what's happening in the next few weeks. Also want to mention, I've been doing a Finding God in the Waves autographed copy giveaway, uh, which I've really enjoyed. There's, uh, you know, some people can't get to book events, and I was trying to make it possible for anyone who wants uh, a chance to get a signed, you know, personalized copy of the book to do so. So if you go to findinggodinthewaves.com slash giveaway, uh, I'm doing a giveaway now. It, it's technically over because uh, it started on October 31st and went for eight weeks, and I just signed eight books to mail out. But I, we're going to do it a few more weeks. Here's why. There were a ton of entries at first, and then uh, a couple weeks, only like two or three people entered. So if you're thinking, uh, you know, I don't have a chance at winning, if you entered in one of those low weeks, you had a great chance at winning. So I, I think we'll do a few more weeks of this. Uh, so just go to findinggodinthewaves.com slash giveaway. And if the page is there that lets you uh, submit your email address, then I'm still running the giveaway. Okay. <laughs> uh, I just enjoy it. I like uh, connecting with people. I've liked getting you know the notes from the winners and, and seeing what specifically what they want me to sign. And then it, there's no cost. There's, you know, you're not, this isn't like a a marketing thing. Uh, if you have to check to subscribe to my email list, it's it's not just an email capture strategy. Uh, there's no catch here. There's no cost. Literally, if you win, we email you, ask you, you know, how you want your name spelled. I write you a note in the book, and then we ship it to you straight from my house. Okay, that that's the whole thing. Uh, and that's really all the announcements I've got. So let's talk about some books I've recently enjoyed. And here's what I'll do. In the show notes for this week's show on AskScienceMike.com, it's just going to be a bunch of links to these books. I won't include like my review. Uh, I don't even know what I'm going to say for my review of these books. Uh, <laughs> but I, So don't worry about writing it down. Okay, So you can just go to the website, click on a link, and get to the book you'd like to see. And these are in no particular order. Some of these are memoirs. Some of them are novels. Some of them are science books or theology books. I literally just looked at a few bookshelves and and grabbed some books I really enjoyed. So let's start with a book called Lab Girl uh, by Hope Jaron. I don't know if I'm saying that name correctly. There's a lot of authors whose names I don't know if I will say correctly, but I'm assuming, like me, what they really want is their books mentioned (laughs) more than a correct pronunciation of their name. Anyway, Lab Girl is a memoir, and I have an autograph copy I'm really proud of, um, about what it's like to be a woman working in science. So it's a really fascinating, very frankly emotive and mind-expanding book. Because it talks about science um, kind of at a philosophical level, like the role of science, what science does, then takes you into a look at what it's like to actually do science, but then also to kind of look a little bit at gender and intersectionalism through what it's like to be a woman in the sciences. Uh, This is not an obscure book. It's done extremely well in bookstores. So if, if you've heard about it already, I apologize. But I've just got to say, I really enjoyed Lab Girl. It's a great book. 
Uh, another book uh, I really, really, really liked that I actually got at Powell's uh, in Portland, which makes me like it even more, is a book called Join. Uh, this is a novel uh, by Steve uh, Tautagi. I have no, no idea. Um, but it's, uh, it's a novel about what would happen if humans could join their consciousnesses together. So multiple individuals suddenly form a single consciousness. So I love the mind-bending sci-fi premise uh, and an examination of what relationships are, uh, what the individual is. Um, so it's just a fantastic read. I don't want to spoil it by saying too much. Uh, it even it even undermines the role economics and privilege play and access to technology and those kind of self-reinforcing phenomena. So Join is a fantastic book. Uh, here's what I got when I visited uh, the West Bank, Palestine, in Israel. Um, it's a book called Blood Brothers by Elias Chakor. He is uh, a Christian living in Palestine, and he's describing firsthand uh, what Israel has been like since Israel was formed at a nation from the perspective of a Palestinian Christian. It is phenomenal with all that's happening politically, with all the energy around the Middle East and the Holy Land today. This is a great book to read to understand a deeper perspective on that conflict and the roots of it. And, you know, a lot of the conversation is what about, you know, Arab Muslims versus, you know, ethnic Jews in Israel-Palestine. But this is the perspective of a Arab Christian, a Palestinian Christian. So it's, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal book. Uh, which is frankly a forgotten perspective a lot, what what Christians are going through in Israel. Here is another novel I loved, absolutely loved, called Saturn Run. Uh, it's by John Sanford and Stein, Steen. Anyway, um, it is a hard sci-fi book. So this is the kind of book where someone is talking about space travel and did the math. So the orbital mechanics check out. Uh, and I love books with that level of detail. Seven Eves was another that I enjoyed because of the orbital mechanics as much as anything else. And this is a look at what happens uh, when an alien ship is spotted by Saturn and an international race to get there first. Don't want to spoil it, but it's a great read. It's a huge book, an absolutely massive tome as hard sci-fi so often is. Uh, but but I found it just immensely enjoyable, good food for thought, and a reasonable approximation of what a first contact scenario could look like for humanity. Out of Sorts by Sarah Bessie uh, is just terrific. Uh, I know a lot of people listening to the show are going through some form of faith transition or have been through some form of faith transition, and the subtitle on Out of Sorts is Making Peace with an Evolving Faith. How do we deal with a faith that not only has changed but continues to change? And how do we become people of peace in that process and at peace with ourselves, at peace with God? It's a phenomenal book by Sarah Bessie. Uh, Christopher Moore, 
who wrote a book called Lamb, A Gospel According to Biff, which is a hilarious, irreverent, deeply moving look at the life of Jesus through his fictional childhood best friend <laughs> who was edited out of the Gospels, also wrote uh, a couple of books. One's called A Dirty Job and the other's called Secondhand Souls. And that's a series of people about people who uh, do the job of death collecting souls. Like normal people, one day you get a, a book, a manual, and you find that you can see souls and it becomes your job to collect them. Uh, it's just really fun read. He's a humorist, but kind of a, an existential dark humorist, which is right in my wheelhouse. Dark Matter by Blake Crouch. That's another novel uh, that looks at the implications of uh, the quantum mini worlds hypothesis in our lives through a storytelling device. If I tell you more about it, it ruins the story. I found this book to be incredible. Now, it reads pretty conventionally at first. Don't give up on it just because it starts out conventional if you like weird books because it gets deeply strange uh, a little past the midway point. Uh, Here's another sci-fi novel. I did a lot of novels last year. I was so tired from touring that I, I did way less nonfiction than I usually do. These are things I read while I was on tour. But Diaspora by Greg Egan is actually a a little bit older book, uh, but it looks at uh, kind of a post-singularity humanity. What is it like for people after they've left their physical bodies and interstellar travel and and what it's like to be a digital being and the tension between humans that are still organic and humans that are digital and what that would look like. Uh, Really, really great read. I I have to mention Tanisi. Coates, uh, it's actually Tanahisi Coates, Between the World and Me. Uh, I, I've talked about that book a lot, but I recently reread it. No matter how many times I read the book, it's great. Um, it's a it's a good first book for white people uh, trying to learn about the black experience in America uh, before you get into kind of uh, more intense critique. Um, it, it, it's just a phenomenal book. It's a letter to his son about what it's like to live in the world. Uh, okay, another book. This is this one's not a recent book, but uh, one I love, Searching for Sunday by Rachel Held Evans. Uh, Rachel's written a lot of books. This one's actually my favorite book that she's written. Uh, it, it's about our relationship with the church as displaced or, or Christians in exile. We don't really feel like we fit anywhere. I think a lot of people listen to this show, that would be their experience. And uh, Searching for Sunday really spoke to me um, in the experience of, of trying to redeem our relationship with the church. Thin Slices of Anxiety was a ton of fun. This is kind of like a picture book. Uh, <laughs> it's called Observations and Advice. Um to ease a worried mind. I don't have a lot of anxiety, but this helped me understand people with anxiety a lot better than I did. And if you suffer from anxiety, I think the solidarity uh, it could be helpful. So it's a really, really fun book. Really good. Zadie Smith, I'm halfway through Swing Time. Um, and I'm really enjoying it. I can't tell you more about it because I'm not done with it. But... Uh, I, I am really enjoying that read. 
Okay, so that's from the living room bookshelf. So here's some books uh, in my office I'm really enjoying. Words Can Change Your Brain by Andrew Newberg. You know, Andrew Newberg, if you listen to this show, he wrote uh, How God Changes Your Brain, one of my favorite books in the world. And this book is about the neuroscience of better conversations, more intimate conversations, more persuasive conversations, basically relating to others better through conversation. And it is 10 out of 10, home run, amazing book. Another book I've really enjoyed, How to Not Be Wrong, The Power of Mathematical Thinking. Uh, This is a book about not falling into cognitive biases and using math to understand the world better. It's amazing. A Field Guide to Lies is also really, really good. Um, that's uh, more of a social science book um, about how to tell when people are lying. But in, in an age of fake news, <laughs> A Field Guide to Lies is a really good book. And I'm going to add that because I didn't have it on my list. Uh, let's see. The Body Keeps the Score is unbelievable. It's about uh, our body's relationship to trauma and grief and stress. Um, one of the most eye-opening books I've ever read, one of the best summaries of a state-of-the-art understanding interdisciplinary to how we deal with trauma. Uh, Don't miss that one. I mean, it is incredible. I'll I'll add this one too. Consciousness and the Social Brain is a really, really good book. And it basically debases the notion of an individual consciousness and puts forth a theory of a consciousness that is inherently social or um, multimodal. Uh, it's, a, it's a great read. Uh, there's a, a collection of short stories now called Arrival, previously called Stories of Your Life and Others. The movie Arrival was based on one short story in this book, and it is one of the best short story collections I've ever read. The stories are all based on alternate takes on cosmology or consciousness or time. Just mind-bending and beautiful. Just one of the best books I've read in a long time. Uh, Now, people ask me all the time about books about interpreting the Bible. Uh, So a couple I've enjoyed is one, everything Pete Enns has ever written. (laughs) Uh, But if you want more specifically, start with The Bible Tells Me So or The Sin of Certainty. Uh, Biblical Literalism, A Gentile Heresy by John Shelby Spong is terrific, as is Why Christianity Must Change or Die, also by Bishop Spong. Uh, Really undermine some of the assumptions of those of us who are in an evangelical or post-evangelical faith context and the Bible. Although Why Christianity Must Change or Die probably challenges everyone's assumptions about theology. Another book that I really enjoyed that's kind of biblical criticism, how to read the Bible, was Zealot by Riza Aslan. Um, It was incredible. I mean, absolutely mind-blowing look at a historical figure of Jesus. Now, remember, when you get book recommendations from me, do not assume these are safe books. (laughs) 
that these would reinforce any sort of Orthodox Christianity. That's not a consideration in the books I select, particularly why Christianity must change or die. And Zealot probably just make a basic assumption that the resurrection and the virgin birth and all those things are ridiculous notions, right? So if that's important to you in the books that you read, don't read those books. <laughs> but um, it doesn't matter to me. I don't have to agree with everything in a book to read it. Uh, Grounded by Diana Butler Bass, uh, which is kind of a, a look at Christian pantheism. I enjoyed a lot, especially because... There's not a lot of books that have a a Christian perspective that are not theistic in nature. So this this is a a non-theistic look at Christianity, specifically pantheism, I I think it's fair to say. I don't know if she would agree with that assessment, Um, but that's kind of what I took away from it. The Divine Dance by Richard Rohr and Mike Morell was phenomenal. Michael Mike Morell's a friend of mine. Uh, I know Richard Rohr pretty well, and um, really enjoyed the book. Uh, it's a, it's kind of a look at the Trinity and Trinitarian theology. Uh, the reason I'm into Trinitarian theology is a conversation with Richard Rohr, which you may have heard on the internet through the Liturgist podcast. Um, and this book explores some of those ideas really, really beautifully. And I guess maybe the last book. I would talk about today is by James Lindsay, who is uh, an atheist mathematician and thinker. Uh, And he wrote a book called Everybody is Wrong About God. (laughs) Now, it it has an assumption that God doesn't exist, of course. I'm just going to read you the back cover of this so you can kind of understand. I I don't want to speak for James's work here. Everybody is wrong about God. And the air is one of the most consequential ever made by humankind. No corner of the world has been untouched by religious violence or conflict. The problem is the very idea of theism or belief in the existence of God and, by extension, atheism or non-belief in the existence of God. Just as Nietzsche declared God dead more than a century ago, now it is, now is the time to declare atheism dead too. As James Lindsay argues, theism has been so thoroughly and utterly discredited philosophically, sociologically, and scientifically that it no longer warrants serious consideration. So I I wanted to read that because for a huge swath of my audience, this book is going to be too much. It's It's just going to be too much. Not for me. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Now, where I would disagree with James pretty heavily I guess I have more respect for the psychosocial underpinnings of theism as a belief system and question the ability of society to be completely post-theistic. But I do find incredible merit in the idea that theism as a default position and atheism as a reaction to that default position aren't necessarily a healthy posture for the species or even logically consistent. Remember, I am a Christian, but I am not a theist. I'm a non-theist. And uh, a lot of the things people ascribe to God philosophically and theologically, I do not. And James Lindsay is kind of the same thing for an atheist. He's, he's, uh, he doesn't like being labeled an atheist because he doesn't like being labeled in reaction to something he does not believe. 
It's a fantastic, fantastic book. Uh, but if you have any emotional investment in theism as an idea, you may find this book really hard to read. But I wanted to recommend it anyway because I enjoyed it. So I really want to know if this was helpful. Because every, literally every day, emails, tweets, Facebook posts, whatever, people asking me what I'm reading, asking for recommended reading, I cannot put together uh, just a, a recommended reading list. I read too often. But if little point-in-time snapshots of things I'm reading and enjoyed are helpful, let me know. Tweet me. Leave a comment on this episode on AskScienceMike.com. If this was helpful, we'll do more of these. Or uh, if you like me talking about books, but the way I talked about them here wasn't helpful, would you like me to do fewer books in deeper detail or just list a bunch of books with no commentary? I do this show in response to all of you. This is not my show. It's a it's completely your show. I never know what I want to talk about until you ask me, until you tell me what you want to hear. So if kind of occasional book shows are helpful, let me know. I'll keep doing them. If they weren't, let me know, and I'll never do one again. So we're in the new year. It's 2017. By the way, I know there was no show last week. I have found releasing shows on the holidays uh, is a bad idea. I, I did one for Christmas but they get downloaded like a tenth as much of any other shows I do. People just don't. And that's good. I, you shouldn't be listening to my podcast uh, during the holidays. It, it's good to, to fill your life with other things in those seasons. But we're in a new year, uh, getting back into the swing of things. Um, so I want to thank the usual crew, of course, all my patrons. You've been so patient during the period of the tour when I, I ignored Patreon. Uh, we didn't post anything. People kept contributing to the show. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for making this show possible. Thanks for making my life possible. Thanks for helping my family have health insurance. I do. I really genuinely appreciate it. Uh, I want to thank Greg Mordine uh, for everything he does to edit the show. I thank Andrew Galucky for his help with pre-production and the, the uh, treadmill. He's about to get back on preparing the polls every week, picking the questions for the patrons to vote on for what makes it to the show. I want to thank all of you for listening and this amazing experience I have where you're just my life. We, we, we're doing life together. I have so enjoyed going from city to city to city and meeting you all and spending time with you. We're going to continue to do that. I so value our time together every week. It is so life-giving for me. I, I'm such a weirdo. <laughs> I'm just really a strange person especially a strange Christian, and the fact that so many of you make this program a part of your lives every week, I can't express how validating that is for me, how uh, affirming, what an antidote to loneliness that is. When I first came back to faith, boy, I'd never been so lonely, right? Because I wasn't Christian enough for Christians, and I wasn't skeptical enough for atheists. It's kind of out there on my own. Turns out there's a lot of us. So thank you. And, uh, well, I'll talk to you next week. Bye.